Hey there, history fans. Welcome back to another episode of Weird History, where we seek to bring you tales of the strange and unusual throughout history. I'm Melissa, and I am joined today by Casey. Woo woo, I'm back. Hello. <laughs> back for more episodes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And the weird histories are just too much fun. I am so glad I have people on for them because it's, I, I, I need, I need this reaction. I, I love keeping it a secret until <laughs> I share it, but they're so weird. I'd love to see people's reactions to them. Thought before I continue, I haven't, I've thought about doing this, but I haven't asked people on Facebook, but what if we did a Facebook live and did, did like a, a weird history live? Oh, I love that so much. I love that idea. Would anyone, okay, if, if out of our listeners, if you're interested in that, let us know on our socials. If you'd be interested in doing that, I'd be happy to set it up. If people would come join us, let us know because that would be super fun. We haven't done a live and I've been thinking about it. So if you want us to do that, hit us up, let us know. Yes, get involved. Yes. Come join us. Trying to make everything more engaging. Yeah. I'm not good at this. I'm good at engaging. I'm not good at online engagement. So you help me, I'll help you. I'll, I'll share some crazy, funny stuff with y'all. Let's get weird. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> if you like weirdness and oddities, this is a place for you. This is certainly the episode for you. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me, bring it on. So today's episode is literally going to the dogs. Going to the dogs Dogs. especially pugs oh oh, no pugs no puggies (laughs) yes my husband's favorite dog yeah see my favorite dog is a boxer which is essentially just a much larger version of a pug yes oh boxers are adorable oh they're my favorite they've been a long time family dog my grandmother had one my mom had one we had one i love they're smart but like silly stupid at the same time (laughs) i love i love a hound dog i'm just i'm in in boxers kind of they're sort of i think part in the hound family they are drool dogs oh oh i can't handle drool oh those jowls man but uh i just loved i love all dogs but puggies man do you like space i know the little snout do you prefer larger dogs over smaller dogs yes See, and I love the smaller dogs. If I could have one, I know it's wrong because I don't feel like these dogs should really be bred because I don't feel like it's good for them, but I love the little teacups. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. <laughs> it's not good for them. I love little miniatures. I know it's not, but they're really cute. I don't promote that. Not promoting that, by the way. Um, I think my favorite, just because my mom, ha- okay, Yorkie. I love little Yorkies and my mom has a little Yorkie poo named Jake and he is just, he's got so much personality and he's so sweet, but also so ornery and defiant. <laughs> he's really smart, super smart and just so lovey and such a people person and an, another animal person. He just wants to be around everything and everyone mm-hmm. all the time. He mm-hmm. can't understand it when he's not allowed. He just whimpers. I literally think that you, know, you people usually ask you, are you a cat person or a dog person? Cat. I, love, I love both. 
But if you're literally going to ask my personality as a type of like cat or dog, totally a dog. But as like a two-year-old dog that's old enough to understand the world around them. But still a puppy. A puppy. That is my personality. I am a puppy. (laughs) I'm a cat. I just want to lay in the sun. I want to stretch out. I want to nap. (laughs) And I want to be worshipped. Nothing I can do is wrong because I'm a cat (laughs) and I'm just so above it all. (laughs) Well, maybe at some point, Lauren and I will do an episode on the worshiping of cats in ancient Egypt or throughout history. Please. And I asked to be, can I, can I join that? I'm going to preemptively ask if if it's okay, Lauren. Okay. I was going to say that's one of my favorite things of all time. No, Lauren, that's one of my favorites too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's why she's my sister. And if she if she's not on the episode with ballerinas sitting in her lap stroking her, <laughs> although ballerina probably wouldn't enjoy doing that, but <laughs> she's such a picky cat. Yeah, I wish I I wish I wasn't so allergic. It breaks my heart. Yeah, I grew up with three dogs, so I'm very much and then pet sit for several other dogs in my neighborhood. So I'm very much a, a doggy person. Well, we had, we had, we had, okay. So, well, my, you know, my dad and my mom are divorced. So at my dad's, we had three dogs at my dad's and one was our childhood dog Spike. And then we had two dogs at my mom's. One was actually Husky. So technically a wolf. And then we had two cats, one female cat who had litter kittens. And that's when it all went down for me because all of a sudden being around all the standard and stuff. And I was always ending up at doctors in the hospital and they're like, what's going on with her? And then finally I was like, have you had allergy testing? And my mom's like, well, no, not really. And so she's like, yeah, she needs some allergy testing. And the charts were given to the doctors after the allergy testing and the, his eyes popped out of his head. And he's like, I've been doing this for like 28 years and I've never seen numbers like this before. She is so off the charts to the cats, the most, the dogs come in second and they're going to kill her, get them out of the house now. And no, she will never, no, no shot can help her. She'll never grow out of it. She'll never, this is something that will never leave her. She cannot be around cats and dogs. But we found out recently now that my mom has a little Yorkie that that I can handle Yorkies, dogs with like hair that don't shed and not, you know, the, versus the fur. But even some of those dogs, like my mom also now has a Westie and I can't even, you know, I can be around the Westie, but only for a, a certain amount of time within like four days, his even his dander starts getting to me because they have like an undercoat. So they have a little more dander, even though they're a hypoallergenic dog. It's real fascinating, but no, there's no cats. And I'm allergic to the, like, not just the fur and the dander. I'm allergic to like the skin, the saliva. Yeah. The whole, I can't even get like a hairless cat. Wow. No sphinx cat for me. No. Yeah. Well, lover. Yeah, but I still worship the ground they walk on. <laughs> I live vicariously through other friends and family. My brother has a cat, um, Fanny. So freaking cute. I can't stand it. <laughs> I, I, I just miss having pets as a whole. Oh, yeah. I just miss it so much. I miss my babies. Well, on to the doggos. Yes, doggos. yes, yes. So this tale or 
tail. <laughs> I, I'm in love with puns and I'm going to go with it. <laughs> is, are you ready for it? Yes. Is about a secret society. What? And it may be safe to say that they even worship pugs just even a little bit. <gasps> okay. I need to, I need to know more. <laughs> Let's Whoa. Say. Yes. So many are aware of the mysterious Freemasons, right? Yes. Yes. So their initiations and rituals since their inception, which is actually possibly dated back to the 1300s and started in the Middle Ages as a society, have been kept secret for pretty much most of its whole initiation with rumors abounding of so many different things. They're into Satanism, they're into witchcraft. They're into the cabal, they're into running secret governments, all this, you know, blah, 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 conspiracy stuff. Today, however, the order is actually a lot more open about the inside of their lodges, but their ceremonies are still wondered about and kept secret, which would make sense. Oh, yeah, I did a Freemason. I wanted to know some information, did not get any. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> nope. And as I mentioned, some people think of them as even a secret religion. I really think they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Or at least a very religious give, uh, group, given the typical pomp and circumstance that have been rumored to the, I, the things and uh, ceremonies that happen at the temples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like rituals. Yeah. It's a boys club. That's his edge. Oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> it, it's just a very elaborate boys club. <laughs> <laughs> so... The order itself, despite all the flair and mystical symbols, it really isn't all that religious, or at least uh, in the 1700s that we'll talk about, in the sense that the subject of God as part of a major tenet of the society really doesn't have a major role in the things that they do. According to Masonic historian Brent, Brent Morris, when the Freemasons were formed, they said, Here's a group of men that agree that God is central in their lives. They can even agree that God compels them to do good in the community. Then they can shut up after that and go on with what they want to do within the, the, the Freemasonry. And according to Brent Morris, this was a radical concept, especially given the time frame of the 1700s, oh, yeah. that That's men could get together and agree on a fundamental level that God existed, but then get on with their lives and do what they want to do. I love that. Why can't it all be like that? Like, I don't know. The Freemasons are interesting, but what I'm about to get into, I would love to be a part of this. So in fact, everyone who was part of the order of the Freemasons was a believer in God. If there was actually an atheist within the group, they were asked to leave. Oh. So it wasn't really so much of an inclusive group. Yeah, I thought they were going to be just more open. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's pretty much. What if they were agnostic? I think well, I guess it's, it's, it's still a Catholic club. It. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't even know if like non-Catholics were allowed in the Freemasons. It's typically believed to be a Catholic club. Oh. Mm-hmm. But despite the, the fact that the members were Catholic and believed in God, the Catholic Church saw them and has been said for about the Freemasons for most of its history that they were a threat to good Christians as well as also a breeding ground for dissonance, political thought against the church, radicalization, <laughs> things like that, of course. 
So the group believed to, as we mentioned, begun in the Middle Ages had a surge in England in the 1700s when apparently four smaller lodges joined together to create the Grand Lodge. And soon there was a boom of Masons throughout Europe, particularly in France and Germany. And if you research members of the order, you will actually find many well-known figures throughout European and American history were actually part of the Order of Freemasons, mm-hmm. including some of our signing members of the Declaration of Independence. I think Mozart was actually maybe even a grandmaster of the Masons, if I remember hearing that correctly. Oh. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. Mm-mm. So many of the members over time were actually known to prefer independent government, and some were even accused of conspiring against royal powers, as well as being accused of being conspiring against the church. So people that wanted to serve, again, separate royal powers and state, like like federal versus state government, much kind of like we talked about during the Magna Carta episode. Mm -hmm. And they were deemed to be political radicals against the church and the monarchies so it was definitely these guys are bad (laughs) don't join (laughs) and in fact because of these political views of most of the masons at the time which were believed by the catholic church to be against the church pope clement the 12th went as far as to issue a papal bull banning catholics from joining the fraternity in 1738. That would make me want to sign up more. (laughs) My little rebel self. Exactly what happened. Oh. So we all know that when you tell someone they can't do something, especially when you (laughs) issue something, a law saying that they can't do something, what are they going to do? They're going to find a way to do it, right? (laughs) It's human nature to go against something. You usually tell somebody, no, you can't do that. They're going to find a way. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially something as restrictive as a Catholic religion that's already so restrictive as it is. Especially when they're constricting you from joining a essentially society club to talk about uh, politics and laws of the land because it goes against the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. and their backing of the royalty and the monarchies. So apparently those who wanted to join the Freemasons but weren't allowed to because of the papal bull got together and formed a group. Are you ready for the name? Yes. The Order of the Pug. (laughs) That's one way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 How? (laughs) I guess all these people got together and like, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get around all this? And they're drinking and stuff. People are talking how much they love their pugs. They're like, oh, I got it. Sort of, sort of. <laughs> so the order was actually created by Clemens August of Wittelsbach, who was the elector slash archbishop of Cologne in Germany. So it was created oh. by an archbishop. Whoa. <laughs> and defines of a papal bull. <laughs> That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the group was actually originally composed of by several Freemasons who with a little tweaking to their group's format, which meant that initiates and members were only Catholic. So again, it's still a Catholic social club, mm-hmm. but they were able to continue these activities despite the papal bull because they tweaked 
their club activities a bit. But uh-huh. why the pug? Aside from being super cute. <laughs> yeah. At the time in the 1730s, the pug was actually seen as a symbol of trust, loyalty, and steadfastness. Characters you might actually need if you're going to try to defy the Pope. Oh, absolutely. And that it wait, so but so pugs aren't don't pugs originate from is it China? Where do pugs originate from? I have no idea. Let me find out. I know they were taken to England via the Netherlands. And weren't people not allowed to have pugs at some point in history? And, or am I thinking a different breed? I might be thinking a different yes, breed. Yes, pugs originally originated in China, dating back to 400 BC, according to Google. And they were bred as a companion for the very wealthy. But I think they were banned at one point because of communism and stuff. That is just also fascinating to me how pugs were banned in the UK. It just banned. We'll just put this way. They banned dogs from flying on some planes. Thought you weren't supposed to own a pug because it like represented China at some point. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Not that I'm seeing. I mean, there's there's a ban on some people that want to stop the breeding of pugs because of the way that we've bred them over time. Much like other short snouted dogs, it's not good for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of their, the way that it impairs their ability to breathe. Mm-hmm. But that's a breeding issue. I don't know anything about the 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 banning of the Political. dogs themselves. Okay, hmm. that's just really cool. That's really I agree cool with the breeding that. part because if it impairs anyone's ability, you're essentially creating a handicapped dog, or yeah. a disabled... and that's just not fair to the dog. Just like the teacup dogs, you know, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, to set, to a certain degree, inbreeding itself also can cause deformities in the human body and that's not fair to the child exactly so it's the same kind of because you're essentially inbreeding these pets yeah yeah yeah. shame yeah but that's so fascinating how the pugs were regarded in that way and the qualities i love that i'm not even done with that either oh Yes. Additionally, aside from being seen as a symbol of loyalty, the pugs were also associated with the Enlightenment, especially within England. Oh. So when William of Orange brought the dogs over with him to England when he overthrew King James with his James's daughter Mary, because it's William and Mary, the pugs also became a discreet way of displaying your support for the glorious revolution without the penalty of death or even jail time. Ooh la la, I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and yeah, oh no, I love this too. In France, they were also seen as symbols of enlightenment, often associated with Voltaire and Diderot. Ooh. And I'm a very big fan nice. of Voltaire. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. And even in Germany, some of the more orders, more illustrious members were even members of royalty, including several princes and even the Duke of Bavaria were part of the order of the pug. I'm loving this so much. <laughs> that is so epic. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I'm so happy you came on for this because I knew you were going to love it. <laughs> 
So although Freemasons were actually supposed to operate in secret, the Order of the Pug kind of actually operated out in the open to a degree at least. Yeah. So there was actually even a book written about them in 1745. A book. A book. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm just hearing about good this now. <laughs> well, it's in French. I'm not sure if there's an English translation. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, oh gosh, my French is going to be bad today. L'Ordre de France Maçons Trahi et les Secrets de Mopsis Révélés, or the Order of the Freemasons Betrayed and the Secrets of the Mopsis Revealed, because Mops was the German word for pug. First of all, I just want to applaud that French. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. You did really good. Ah, merci. <laughs> I like French. I like France. I like French. I like French food. <laughs> I like France. Um, so this book was actually written as an expose oh. by a Catholic quote-unquote abbot named Gabriel-Louis Calam Perrault. And apparently Perrault came across the society as he was doing some research about the Freemasons. Perot wasn't actually an abbot. He was never even an ordained priest. <laughs> he tried, but he failed. Sounds he about right. A priest, so therefore he could never become an actual abbot. He just called himself an abbot. Oh my gosh. Deluded much? Very much so. <laughs> Illusions of grandeur? Uh-huh. So... He- <laughs> Although he never became an abbot, he was kind of a well-known author at the time in terms of French history and wrote a few books about it, or at least wrote a few volumes within a piece called like the history of Frenchmen and history. I forget the title. I didn't write it down, but there's actually a book, Les Francs-Maçons Éclaircés by Abbe Laradon, which is actually considered by some to be a second volume of the subject about the order of the pug and the Freemasons. Yeah, so oh interesting. <laughs> According to researchers, those who wanted to become a mop, again, the German word for pug, had to literally walk the walk and talk the talk of the dogs. <laughs> no. You ready? Yes. <laughs> Meaning that in order to be initiated, <laughs> you, you ready? <laughs> You had to literally get down on all fours, paw at the entrance to the room in which you were going to be initiated at, all the while while wearing a dog collar on your neck. If you were then led inside, you would find yourself being led nine times around a certain part of the carpet that was designated for these rituals, like a dog circling their bed. All the while, additionally, being barked and wolfed at by those assembled who were there to initiate you into the order. If you were initiated into the group, you were then given a silver pug medallion to wear. And the most important part, as a symbol of loyalty, you had to then literally kiss a pug's butt. But no, 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 this wasn't a real dog. It was just a porcelain statue. And there's an image. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Still. <laughs> but literally, wow. it's a dog's butt. <laughs> but let me see if I can find a picture because I didn't, I didn't add anything. Hold on one second. 
That sounds a little uh, kinky to me. <laughs> I mean, what are these people into? There's so much. There's so many stories. <laughs> exactly. Check out that picture. Okay, I have to enlarge it. Let me see. Oh. So. Oh wow! Oh, is that the little medallion right there that they had to wear on the bottom? Um, no. Oh, I see the the, them expecting the pug's butt. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm surprised there's women. It looks like they're all women. Well, there's a few men behind them, but it looks like all women. I thought the women weren't allowed. Women weren't. I don't think allowed in the Freemasons. Oh. I was going to say, what strikes you as one of the first things you see in this picture? Oh, the pugs, the woman looking at the pugs, but I guess she's getting ready to pucker up and kiss it. Mm-hmm. But you also see women. You see a woman sitting at the desk. Oh, initiating yeah. It. You see several different pieces on the desk. There's a sword and there's a couple of different other things. It looks like there's a mirror and a candle and I, I don't know like a little bowl I don't know what yeah, there's a bowl are. I'll get to what that bowl is in just a second huh and then women are all up front and the men are all the way in the all are in the back which is interesting they've all got swords sabers mm-hmm. whatever yeah one of them's another person's holding a little pug over there I will get to all that in just a second all right yes it's great so as I mentioned it was a porcelain statue as you can see in the picture uh, my question is, I hope it was cleaned. Was it? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was the 1700s. I don't, I don't know. But it was also said at the initiation table, as you can see in the picture, there would, you would find a sword and a toilet, probably the chamber pot that you see on the table. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So the sword makes sense because they've been long associated with the Freemasons. I have no idea why there would be a chamber pot in part of your initiation sequence and neither did Perot. Do you think to anoint like holy water? <laughs> yeah, no clue. Oh God, please don't tell oh me. Oh my God, that's great. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think Is it, of it. It's a chamber pot of the dog, <laughs> dog urine. I, I certainly hope not literally, but who knows? <laughs> so additionally, not everyone who was Catholic could join. According to the expose, there were rules which mostly centered around a member's personality. The expose stated that members had to have particular traits such as loyalty, trust, discretion, tenderness, sweetness, humanity, or all in a word, the qualities that are the basis of love and friendship, much like a pug. Oh, and discretion would, would definitely be a vice, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> According to this expose, anyone who did not possess these necessary traits or failed to perform them were kicked out of the club and the building. And the report oh. even states that the members claimed to be much like a dog to also be thumbless no and in fact they were apparently known to have stated that the small digit that looked like a thumb was literally just a little finger so you also were to pretend to be you had paws like a dog (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I wonder if they went so far as to cut off their thumbs or. I doubt it. I, I don't think the order would have actually had you maim yourself. Because that wouldn't be kind or friendly, but you know. Right. It's just you know, how far people are a dog. Go their beliefs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're essentially your dog, so you can't hurt other dogs. You have to be sweet and tender. Oh. Well, yeah. So while the order was actually able to function due to working around this papal decree, they were also, as we've shown you in the picture, a bit eccentric. Also, as mentioned above with the chamber pot, also quite progressive for the 1700s, because unlike many gatherings and social clubs, women were not allowed to join a lot of the things going on at that day. But according to the site, the Masonic Trowel, the Mopses were described as an androgynous, both sexes order. Whoa. Mm -hmm. The site actually continues to go on and state that this order admitted females to all offices except that a grand master, which was held for life. There was, however, a grand mistress, which you can see seated at the front. Oh. Of the mm -hmm. And the male and female heads, the grand master and grand mistress, actually took alternating roles heading the order. It was a six-month position for each for authority over that, that part of the society. And even when members would gather, it said that they would, from hierarchy down to new members, would sit male to female, male to female, oh, continue wow. alternating until everyone had sat down, which also you can see in the picture, they're sort of interspersed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Progressive AF. Love right? it. And, you know, gender non-conforming <laughs> or non-binary. That's really, really neat. Mm -hmm. And this is all during the age of enlightenment and defying. Wow. I would have been a part of it. I don't know about the, the, the pug's butt thing though. Hmm. And crawling around, but you know, for a good cause. <laughs> right. It's only the one time, as far as I know. Free quality. <laughs> At least it's not a real dog. Uh -huh. exactly. I think if it was a real dog, they probably just like, let them kiss your face. Yeah. <laughs> So according to the expose, also at the end of every night that they met or the meetings, at least all the members swore secrecy that they would never discover nor verbally, nor sign, nor by writing their secrets and mysteries. But with Perot actually being able to require all this information, clearly someone did not abide by these rules. Mm -hmm. Within the UK National Trust collection, there's actually a sculpture that's titled Lady of the Order of the Pug. And I'll send oh, you a picture wow. of that in just a minute. And it was made in Germany in 1745, also known as Dam von Orden, because in Germany it's typically known as Mops Orden or Order of the Pug, and was created by Johann Joachim Kandler. And according to the description of the piece, and let me give you a picture first so you can understand. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So the description for it is, and her arms is a pet pug with a pink collar, while another dog with a blue collar is partially hidden by her voluminous skirts worn over a pannier, relaxes at her feet. Oh, my gosh. That's mm -hmm. really neat. And the figure of the lady was actually commissioned by the Princess in von Herford, 
or Princess Henriette Amelie of Anhalt-Dessau. And she was actually an unmarried mother who'd been, un been exiled to a religious foundation for noble ladies and Hereford oh. in Germany. And at the time was actually the canoness of Hereford. Wow. That could be her. I don't know. But it's a very pretty little statuette made of porcelain. It is. Oh, that's really neat. So many puggos. <laughs> well, I'm going to send you one more image. This has nothing to do so much with the story, but it's actually another sculpture from the Order of Mopsorden. Oh my gosh. Oh, how adorable. I know. I bet they're collectibles now. Yeah, I bet they are. Mm. Oh, I wonder how much they're worth. That's so fascinating. So, Aww. as as of course, all good things must come to an end, and all fun times must eventually stop. The attitudes towards Freemasons changed over the years, and I don't think that there is a papal bull going on right now that declares that Catholics can no longer join the Freemasons. Although I could be wrong on that, I have no idea. But the Order of the Plug kind of began to wane. There are some sources say that it only lasted 10 years up until 1727. Some others say it continued until 1748, which was not too long after the expose came out. And in 1748, the order itself was actually outlined by Göttingen University in Germany. So it was also outlined to be part of this order in Germany. Oh, wow. 1748. If the latter is true, then the XFSA actually did what it intended to do, which would also mm -hmm. show the power of the Catholic Church and Europe at the time, because by defying the Pope, there were members who actually found themselves excommunicated. Oh, man. And according to one of my sources, which said what the church said was true must be true. What was said to be shocking must be shocking. And what was said to be by the church to be unacceptable must be destroyed, mm. which is kind of standard. Yep. That. And at the time, it actually didn't matter whether or not the actions or the statements written in the expose were true or not. People believed them to be true, therefore believing that the church was correct in its punishments towards these people from the mobs were in. That is so, un that is so unfortunate. Yeah. But that's catholicism for you the catholic church for you um uh yeah which is why i never discussed religion with people mm. the history of the catholic church throughout most of european history is fraught with so many hypocritical stuff i, I don't i mean among many other things well and there are a lot of other religions like that as well but you know but Catholics it was the major religion it. huh it was the major religion for yeah, yeah, yeah. Europe. That's why yeah, it's it coming out. from, you know, a person whose family, you know, they're all like Roman, I'm Irish Catholic, you know. <laughs> well, to be Catholic and in Europe and to follow the orders of the Pope, you were Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the royalty was Roman Catholic. Well, I, did you know that I have a Pope in my family? No. <laughs> yeah, there's a Pope in my family. Um, Pope Pius, oh, I forget his name. Oh, I forget which Pius he was, but he was, you know, you can blame me, my family. He was the one who, who um, decreed that the 
Hope was a supreme being talking about the delusions of grandeur. I'm pretty sure that's most of the popes. Yeah, but I think he was like the first to 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 like officially say that the pope was a supreme being. He was very hated. <laughs> very hated pope <laughs> for good reason. So, yeah. Well, there's a ton of different popes, so I can't my mom would know. Oh yeah. gosh, my mom knows. She sent me an article once on him and it was really scary. <laughs> I was like, oh man. I've always struggled with Catholicism and all of that. Do you know about when, uh, what years? 1500, 1600s? I don't remember. I can text my mom real quick. While you, she responds, let me finish with, I can finish with this if you want, because I only got a couple of points left. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were already, I thought we were wrapping up. I'm, oh, no, we're just having fun. But as I mentioned, that people believed what was written was true because they believed what the church told them was correct, right? So with the tenacity and the faith of a thug, people believed what they were told was the truth was the truth without actually questioning it, which is never a good thing in the first place. But if you question the Catholic mm -hmm. church, there are apparently consequences. You're going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Now, if the group existed in today's modern technological world, things would have been a lot different. And I wonder if anyone wants to bring this thing back because it'd be super fun and cute. It would. It would just be fun. But the we should start it. Right? <laughs> I, I, it doesn't have to even be pugs. It could be any dog. I, I, it's just fun. I can see this taking off in Japan, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As just a fun society club. And the order actually wouldn't even be able to bring be brought down by a single book today. Unlike then, the, the group would actually probably turn to very social media outlets and actually likely see a growth rather than a decline versus what happened in the 1700s. So who knows? We may get a, another cropping of Order of the Pug or Order of the York. Maybe. <laughs> Things come back into fashion all the time. Uh, who doesn't? I mean, uh, of course, not everybody loves dogs, but yeah who, who would not have some fun starting their own silly secret society every kid did that growing up i think i i would i would join i would join you know there'd be online stuff to do i mean there's so many different kinds of clubs now anyway why not bring it back right i'll imagine the, the, the their website <laughs> covered in pictures of people sending in pictures of their dogs and the, just the blog spot be cute it would be adorable right. i would love i would love that and to bring back some really good you know values of like of equality for what it stands things. for yes exactly i think it's just with so many rights tr trying to be stripped away from us right now <sighs> you know we could yeah. use we could use a society like that a little you know club like that it was literally just, a, I mean, it was a political club, but it was still a club where everyone recognized everyone else's um, rights, individuality. Uh, yes, uh, there was. Uh, it's very word. humanitarian. It was very humanitarian. What's the word? It's on the tip of my tip. Oh, I can't think of it. It's um, 
see if I can find that word. Uh, potential. Everyone's potential to bring yeah. to the table. Everyone was, I mean, you had men and women both in this club treated as equals, both as grandmasters, essentially, you know, grandmistress and a grandmaster, and each took place running over their each individual group for six months. Well, they were viewed almost as genderless. They were just people. They were people coming together. That's exactly, yeah. I mean, that one website literally called them an androgynous order. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would take off today, don't you think? Very much take off today. It would be like so popular and who could deny a little little snout of a little pug? Like, no, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't think that a pug's cute. They're cute. They're not the cutest, but they're cute. Not the cutest, but cute. Yeah. Although- if you had a choice, if you could have a dog, would you have a pug or a wrinkly Sharpay? That's a tough choice. <laughs> they both came from China too. That's cute. I just thought yeah. of that. I had a friend once who wanted to get a Sharpay because she wanted to name the Sharpay Sharpie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cute. I think I might go with the Sharpay. It would be, that would be an updated version of the order of the pug. The mm-hmm. All of a sudden, next thing you know, a couple of years from now, there's crops of little orders of the pug or variations of it cropping up we, throughout we, the country. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've thrown it out there for people to take and run with it. Help yourself, everybody. Take it and run. Come on, listeners. Let's do this. <laughs> Speaking of uh, history, have you heard from your mom yet about the Pope? No, I have not. She's at work. Ah. But hold on. It's probably annoyed that I'm texting her while she's at work. Uh, you know what you can do is, because uh, I know you still want to watch that video and I don't want to take up too much of your time before your web seminar starts in about a half an hour, right? No, it's actually started up already. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, I, no, this has been a blast. I'm so, so thrilled that you still, you know, invite me on and I love it. Yeah. Well, what you see in your face. I know. And both we've both been so busy. I know. All I've seen is your fun pictures. It's not the same. Well, I want. I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm thinking it's the twelfth. Pope the twelfth. Pope Pius the twelfth. I'm thinking. I'm trying to wait. Where's about to call her real quick. It's not a necessary thing. I know, but it's really fascinating, isn't it? I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to text you when she texts me back because I don't want to take up any more of our weird history time. You can always post it on the socials. And tag, oh, us, tag us in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could do that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, of course. Me join. Let me give me back to notes. Thank I you really enjoyed this one. I thought you would. I need to I- talk to about it adorable progressive all the things i love <laughs> swish face fluffers woof, woof, woof. and and the mystery behind the freemasons and the lore you know i love i love all that conspiracy theories yeah so good wait did she just respond the ninth hope pious the name that's way off <laughs> I did say ten, the tenth at one point. You did. Oh, there he is. Yep, yep. Uh, after he, Ferretti. Duh, that's our last name. 
Should have just looked that up. <laughs> or that's my mother's maiden names already. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, permanently losing the control of the papal states in 1870 to the kingdom of Italy. Therefore, after he refused to leave the Vatican, declaring himself a prisoner of the Vatican. Ah. 1875. Uh. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on him. Oh, that would be really fun to really get in it. You'll you'll be on for that for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> would your mom want to join? Um, I don't think she would want to. I think she. I don't know. I have to. I could ask her. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. Saying he was a champion of liberal liberalism and reform. It depends on your viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. Because I because I heard he was very disliked. Hmm. Well, when you consider yourself a prisoner of the Vatican and refuse to leave your position, probably not very well liked. <laughs> I can imagine. Not very well liked. <laughs> Sounds like my family very stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Italian. <laughs> you always think we're right. <laughs> Italians can be very stubborn. Oh, yes, we can be. Oh my God. As apparently a person who's quarter Italian did not know that. Huh? I said, I also say that as a person who just found out that she's a quarter of Italian. I did not know that. Quarter Italian? What? Yeah. (laughs) That would explain so many things. (laughs) (laughs) That would explain so many things. Well, I guess that's that's why we get along so well, too. Well, you and I are also the same personality. We took that MBTI test and we were both ENFJs. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Among many other reasons, you and I are pretty much twins. You, you Okay, so Gina and I are pretty much similar. twins. She's also part Italian too. And she's- Oh, really? She's an, she's an INFJ and Italian. You are an Italian and you're ENFJ, same as me. So- there's a reason we all pretty much get along. We're essentially you, me, and Gina are now like triplets, which I am also <laughs> that as well, but not, I don't get along with my siblings. <laughs> oh. So you, you two are my new sisters. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, you know, family sometimes is what you make it. Yes. Who you choose. And then of course there's Lauren. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> We have to mention her. She'd be upset with Zoom. <laughs> She's not Italian. Of course. She also could be stubborn. Oh my gosh. But in a good way. I love her. She but in a good way. No, in the best possible way. Yeah. She's also a history nerd, of course, obviously. Oh duh. and has a very strange sense of humor, of course. She does. Oh. Missed her on this weird history. I can't wait for her to listen. Oh, I know. I know. I, she's going to have so much fun with it. Can't wait to get a text from her like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Lauren, when you do listen to this, the next time you come on for recording, the next weird history I have available to you will include Samuel Johnson. So come back. You need to come back for some more Samuel Johnson. Tempt, tempt, tempt. <laughs> That's where she's like, wait, wait, what? Samuel Johnson? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm she's a big fan well i guess that's gonna be it for today's episode 
uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can visit our socials at Instagram.com slash History Explains It All underscore podcast, Facebook.com slash History Explains It All. You can also send us feedback, suggestions, and general emails to History Explains All at gmail.com. If you listen to us on iTunes, please feel free to leave us a rate and review. It helps people to find us. And if you listen to us on Spotify, don't forget to check out our episode notes where we can chat with each other regarding episode-specific polls or questions we might post. And I guess with that, we're going to sign off for today. And I will be back with everybody next week with some more history. Bye, Casey. Bye.